0: And then when I, uh, I think about uh, how all of this matters, I think about little Silas as he shared with me about saying yes to Jesus. And it reminds me of the things we've actually been championing for these past few weeks from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And so I'm going to touch on them just briefly. But it has to start by choosing your story, my friend. What do you think really matters in this life? You've got to figure that out. What is it that really does give life meaning? And we sang beautiful songs about this today, Jay. Thank you for those. What do you care about the most? What do you think matters most? On your dying day, what do you think is going to matter the most? And will you be the most grateful for and proud of in your life? Choose your story or none of these practices matter. If a spiritual life isn't the most important thing in the world to you, don't practice spiritual things, okay? But if it is... Choose that story, get in that story full on. And you're going to need to tap into some power that's beyond your power. If it's a spiritual life, you need some spiritual power. And we talked about that, how our practices help us work the kinks out in our lives. So the Spirit's power can flow into us and through us into the world. Know your motive for doing all of this. Why would you even think about practicing these things that we're championing around here all of the time? I hope it's not just so we can look good. Looking good is deeply ingrained in us. We, we have been taught from the youngest age to look good and, and to look good on the outside to other people. But friends, what we're talking about around here is something that starts on the inside. It's becoming good. Looking good will take care of itself if we're becoming good. So no, if you just want to look good to impress people. Or do I want to truly become a good human like Greg was talking to us about? a moment ago. And last week, Jeremiah talked to us about the effect of our practices. They line us up with an awareness of God and with reality. We begin to see life as it really is. And all of that, my friends, is incredible news. It's good news, as we say. And if you've missed any of that from the past three or four weeks, all that stuff's out there. Catch up on some of that good news. And then give me a few minutes today, if I could, to kind of wrap up this particular conversation. And to do so, I'm actually going to step out of the Sermon on the Mount for a moment. I'm going to share with you one of my favorite passages of Scripture. It's part of the Scripture that was actually on Leslie's picture that we gave to her just a few moments ago. And I think this conversation this morning matters more than you can imagine. It matters more to our children and to our students and to you parents than you could possibly imagine. And I hope you hear this as good news today. Because the beauty of our life with God, with God will never outrun The beauty of our vision of God. But as we behold God's beautiful love revealed in Jesus, we become more like who we see. I want to dig into that with you for a couple of moments. I want to go read some of that passage a little bit more than what we put on Leslie's picture that Paul the Apostle wrote to the Corinthians a couple of thousand years ago. These are God's people, and you just need to kind of lean in for this little passage for a moment. He says, God's people's minds were closed. Right up to the present day, the same veil remains when the old covenant is read, the old covenant of the law and rule-keeping and that sort of thing. The veil is not removed because it's taken away by Christ. Even today, when Moses is read... A veil lies over their hearts. Now, Moses, he's talking about the first five books of what we now call the Old Testament. With all of these rules and laws that first began to form and shape God's people, he said, a veil remains over their heart. They can't see well. But when someone turns back to the Lord, like Silas, the veil's removed. The Lord is the Spirit. And where the Lord's Spirit is, there's freedom All of us who've turned to Jesus are looking with unveiled faces at the glory of the Lord, but it's as if we're also looking in a mirror. We're being transformed into that same image we see from one degree of glory to the next degree of glory. This comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Friends, there's so much good stuff in that. You see, when I was a kid growing up in church, I often thought of God as a punishing parent. I felt like his all-seeing eye was watching me, but he wasn't necessarily just watching me in love. He was mostly waiting for me to mess up. And when I did, he was going to make me feel so guilty and so ashamed and so afraid that I would straighten up and fly right. And if I wouldn't, there were going to be consequences for that because he'd see to it that he got it through my thick head. I, I'm not blaming anybody in particular for that, but that image of God. I'm just saying that is the image of God. In good groups, we call that image of God the demanding judge. Anybody else grow up with a God who felt a lot like a demanding judge? Anybody? I think a lot of us have. But is God, as it says in our get-real, group book, is God really a God whose temper is simmering ready to be provoked by your sin who is dangling you over the fires of hell until you repent? Or is God on the front porch watching the driveway waiting just for a glimpse of you so he could rush to meet you as you come home? One of these images is the image Jesus gave us of his father. The other one is not. See, once you turn and look at Jesus, Jesus reveals a God who does not despise the sinner. He desires to be with sinners. That's what we see from Jesus, isn't it? It took me a lot of years to leave behind that image of a demanding judge and to begin to see a God who looks like Jesus, which is probably why my heart gets so full when I get to share this good news with anybody. And I'm sharing sharing it with you today. Listen to me, friends. The beauty of our life with God will never outrun the beauty of our vision of God. But when we turn to God and we see a God who's revealed in Jesus and we see his beautiful love that looks like this, we become more like who we see. I just walked through some of the. Two or three thoughts about that passage with you quickly. Paul makes it very clear. He says, we start to see when we turn to Jesus. That's the moment. Whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil that obscures our vision, the veil is removed. That's the magic moment. N.T. Wright says, if you want to know who God is, look at Jesus. If you want to know what it means to be human, look at Jesus. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? We see both God and what God always dreamed humans would be, all by looking at Jesus. Here's the problem. Too many people, no, I'm going to fix that, too many Christian people have an image of an un-Jesus like God because our imagination of God doesn't have enough Jesus in it. Too many Christians, Christians, see an un-Jesus like God because Our imagination of God doesn't have enough Jesus in it. But the Bible says over and over, God is just like Jesus. I can't begin to read all of those passages to you. But Hebrews 1, 3 says, Jesus is the one who perfectly reveals what God is like. Colossians 2, 9, the fullness of deity was dwelling in Jesus. John 14, if we've seen Jesus, we've seen the Father. Let me just underscore this for you. Unless and until we turn to Jesus, we will never know what God is like because Jesus completely and fully reveals the love of God. And he does it on a cross. This, my friends, is what God is like. What a beautiful image we have of God. Amen? In that very next chapter uh, to the Corinthians, uh, Paul puts it a little more straightforwardly. He says, We're blind when we can't see Jesus as the image of God. Look look what he says. The God of this age, our enemy, has blinded the minds of those who don't have faith so they couldn't see the light of the gospel that reveals Christ's glory. Christ is the image of whom? We're blind to reality. What reality actually is if we can't see Jesus as the image of God? Seeing Jesus is the game changer. And when we have a false impression of God, I'm telling you, it's probably the biggest obstacle in our life with God. A.W. Tozer said, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. It matters who you think about when you think about God. In Get Real Groups, we're showing Christians how even other Christians will use the Bible to construct all of these different images of God. It wasn't like growing up I didn't hear the Bible. I heard the Bible all the time. It's just that sometimes the Bible was used to tell me God's a demanding judge. Or sometimes we talk about in getro groups, some of us grew up with God as, a, as a, a deterministic micromanager. He's controlling every little detail of our lives, right? Or he's a distant deity. He's out there somewhere. Or maybe he's just a doting grandfather. Yes, yes, yes. Answers are always yes. Jesus shows us a God who's not any of those things. And it turns out Jesus is what God is like. And when we start with Jesus, even the difficult passages in our scriptures, we have to interpret them through the lens of Jesus. And if we can't figure out how to make those line up, we've got to realize there's something I don't know. There's something I don't understand because it has to look like Jesus. It has to look like Jesus. Uh, one of the things we like to say around here a lot is uh, God is always present at work. And that's supposed to bring us comfort. But you know that's only good news if the God who's present at work is good. <laughs> because the beauty of our life with God will never outrun the beauty of our vision of God. But friends, when we behold God's beautiful love revealed in Jesus, we become more like who we see. In fact, I'm going to say this as simply as I know how. In a way that I hope is memorable and portable and I hope it runs through your mind all week. We will be who we can see. Can you say that with me? We will be who we can see. My favorite part of that passage was the part that we took from the message paraphrase and put on Leslie's picture. That all of us are looking with unveiled faces. (laughs) People didn't always know what God's like, but we see Jesus. The veil has been taken away, friends. All of us, if we want to, can look at the glory of the Lord revealed in Jesus. And it's also like we're looking in a mirror. Because we're being transformed into that same image of Jesus. (laughs) One degree of glory after another degree of glory after another degree of glory. As we say all the time around here, not overnight. Over time, over time, over time. And this comes from the Lord who is Spirit is that beautiful It's just It's just so beautiful to me. I turn and like Silas I look at Jesus and the veil is removed whether I'm a fourth-grader or whether I'm 80 years old I look at Jesus. And it's like all of a sudden everything starts to clear up That's what God is like And as I keep looking at the glory of the Lord, something amazing happens because I learned from Jesus how to love like Jesus and how to live as Jesus in this world. I start to become human again one little degree at a time, like Greg says of his girls. That's what it means to follow Jesus, friends. I'm looking at the human God and I get to become human. God's presence in this world. Everything hangs on this. What do you think about when you think about God? I'll put it this way: None of those spiritual practices even matter if we don't start with the picture of God, because our picture of God's woven through all of those practices. Uh, in his brand new book, Centering Jesus, uh, Pastor Derek Vreeland writes, "What makes spirituality spiritual is that it's a lived experience of the Holy Spirit, and what makes Christian spirituality Christian is that it's intentionally focused on Jesus. <laughs> you can't have Christian without." Jesus, you can't have spirituality without the Spirit. We've talked a lot this month about our first practice over there. I notice God at work in and around me. How am I going to notice God at work in and around me if I don't even know what God looks like? If I wouldn't recognize Him, if I saw Him? The beauty of our life with God will never outrun the beauty of our vision of God. As we behold God's beautiful love revealed in Jesus, we become more like who we see because we will be who we can see, friends. That's how all of this works. And over the years, I'm so grateful that God has used so many people and situations to help me see more of Jesus. And many of you in this room are those people. This church is one of the most significant impressions in my entire life with God is what's happened in my life too, Greg, being part of Meadow Heights. And I'm so glad to be part of a church that focuses our attention deeply on grounding the lives of God's people in God's love, (laughs) which looks like this. It's changed me forever. I occasionally have the demanding judge sneak back up in my imagination when I think about God, but very rarely these days, mostly these days, when I think about God, my mind is flooded with the love of God. And it changes everything. I think about our children and our students of what we're doing in this church. Do you know why it matters so much that we're orange and we have this partnership together with families? Because we're helping shape those little kids' image of God. And I hope never a child grows up in Meadow Heights Church who has to figure out how to get over the demanding judge. Amen? I hope, I hope that's the most foreign concept imaginable to them is that God would be a demanding judge in their life instead of a welcoming, loving father who can't wait to bring them home. A couple of years ago, I was struggling in a really difficult situation where I felt incredibly powerless, and I felt like I kept getting it wrong, and the weight of all of it was crushing my spirit, and I was on the phone with my spiritual director one day, and I was telling him this, and he says to me gently, as spiritual directors tend to do, Brian, would you mind to close your eyes for a minute? I just want to ask you a question. I want you to think about it. In the middle of this situation and pain you're talking to me about, what do you think Jesus would say to you right now? That fast I knew. You know why? Because in my mind's eye. I saw the love of the Father revealed in Jesus. In my mind's eye, I saw the love in his eyes welcoming me to come talk to him about this thing that was crushing my spirit. And in that moment, I knew if I can trust anything in this life, I can trust the love of my Father. I am a much-loved child of God. I knew it. My heart knew it. And it didn't change the circumstances, but I'm going to tell you, it awakened some joy in my heart in that moment for the first time in a long time. I felt like there's hope, Leslie. There's a little hope. There's a little joy here. God's going to help. He's going to walk with me through this thing. And it meant all the world, friend, that when I paused to think about God, I had a picture of God who looked like Jesus. Because the demanding judge would have piled on in that moment. But in the words of Paul, where the Lord's Spirit is, there is freedom. Amen. Say freedom. 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 Jeremiah told us last week freedom from sin. You know, I mean, not overnight, not all the time, but one degree of glory at a time. Freedom for real life. This matters more than you can imagine it matters mom and dad what kind of picture of God you're giving your children in your home it matters whether or not you have a church that's going to help you get that right that it's a picture that looks like Jesus what comes to your mind when you think about God and why is that the image that you have and if you'd like to explore that more if you'd like a little help reading scripture through a Jesus like lens if you'd like to just get all of that stuff straight Friends, you are in the best place I can imagine because this is all we do here. We help people become. We equip people with tools and strategies so we can practice a life with God based on an image of a God who looks like Jesus. And if you want a next step, I know we talk about it all the time. Greg's talked about it. I've talked about it already today. Get in a get real group. Seriously. It's like the single best step I know for you to take to say, I want to figure out what that looks like. And we start Get Real Groups for several weeks just getting our picture of God all lined out from scripture, a God who looks like Jesus. That's where it starts. It's beautiful. It's amazing what it does in people's hearts and lives. Got some good news for you today. Moms, dads, and everyone. The beauty of our life with God will never outrun the beauty of our vision of God. But as we behold God's beautiful love revealed in Jesus, we become more like who we see. And I'd like for us to take just a moment to respond to that before we go. Would you mind to close your eyes? I'm going to ask you like my spiritual director, just close your eyes for a couple of moments. And I'm going to give you a prayer that I've prayed with you before, but it's been a while, I think. And I hope maybe this will be one you can take with you into your week. It's a simple little prayer I sometimes use to quiet my mind and to remember Jesus and remember who he says I am. As you breathe in right now, I want you to hear the Father's voice saying one word to you. Beloved. Just every inhale, take in the good news. You are a much-loved child of God. The Father says you are beloved. Man, we need to take that good news in. And every time you exhale... We're going to add something to it. I want you to hear the Father's voice saying, be loved. I know it sounds like the same thing. It's not two words this time. When you know you're beloved, (laughs) you can go out and live being loved. That's what we offer the world. Inhale, Take in the good news: Be loved. Breathe out. Go be loved. <laughs> be loved. Be loved. And sometimes when I just slow things down and pray that simple prayer for a little while, it's amazing how it brings back the good news. And I want you to have that gift as you go today. Let me pray for all of us. Father, thank you that in this room there are so many people packed in here, God, and every single one of us is your much-loved child. Every one of us is deeply beloved by you. For every one of us, you're always the Father on the front porch waiting to welcome us home. Father, I pray we'd take that good news in today, that our imagination of God would start with Jesus always. And Father, as we... Learn what it's like to be the beloved. I pray that through our lives, your love would flow and we could be love in this world. So desperately needs it. For every one of our children, for every one of our students, God, for every volunteer who builds into them, we pray, Father, that this would be so real that not a child would grow up in this church who wouldn't know deep in their soul the most true thing about them is that they are a much-loved child of God. And they have a good Father who loves them every single second of their lives. Father, give us the grace to live that out in this church for our kids. We love you, and we're grateful for Jesus most of all, the beautiful Jesus who shows us your love. And we pray this in his name, and everybody agrees and said.